About a month ago, Father Luke Ferris and I went down to Milwaukee one evening for a Marquette basketball game. At the game, they had a reunion of Marquette's Final Four team from 20 years ago. It was great to see the players again. One of the most fun things I've ever done was to follow that particular team through March Madness. Some wonderful circumstances that March 20 years ago allowed me to get to all of the Marquette tournament games. Two of the games were in Minneapolis, and the second was very memorable. I did not have a ticket, so I bought one from a scalper about a half hour before the game, got into the arena and realized my seat was right in the middle of the Marquette student section, right behind the bucket. (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. Marquette played an awesome game and upset Kentucky and earned a spot in the Final Four. So that was One of the best times I've experienced, at least related to basketball. For Peter, James, and John, the experience on the mountain was an awesome one, a very profound one. And Jesus knew that would be the case. Jesus gave them that gift because the memory of that experience would remain important for them as Jesus began his journey to the cross. And that experience helped the apostles' faith through those trying times. Sometimes God gives us an experience that is profound. And those memories then help us through both the everyday and the difficult periods of our lives. My guess, though, is that all of us miss most of the experiences that God offers us. God invites us to experience him in our prayer and through the sacraments, but all too often we're too busy or too distracted to pay enough attention. It's hard to learn how to pray in a deeper way. It's hard because we can't really see or hear God in the same way we can see and hear another human being. That's why God sent his son, so that for that period of time we could see and hear what Jesus did. Jesus, the son of God, is the primary way that God shows himself to us. One of the titles we have of Jesus is the Word, the Word of God. In fact, the Gospel of John begins not with a story about a baby in a manger, but with the words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. It goes on, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's not an accident that we use the same title, Word of God, for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as we do for the sacred scriptures, the Bible. Jesus shows us what God is like. 
and so does the Bible. Praying with scripture is one of the main ways that God speaks to us. We say we don't know what God is saying, and yet we have the whole Bible full of words that God uses to speak to our hearts. Praying with the scriptures has been one of the ways that I've had at times some deep experiences, encounters with God. It doesn't happen when I do necessarily a Bible study or Bible in a year, as good as those things are. Instead of happening when I'm studying scripture, it happens sometimes when I'm praying with scripture. Certain scripture verses at different times in my life have really spoken to me and helped me to grow close to God. Some of them have stayed with me for many years. A verse from Christmas Eve, Isaiah 9:1, is one of them. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Over the years, I've prayed with that verse in terms of where's the darkness in my life and how do I come out of that into the light that God gives. 1 John 4:18 is another. Perfect love casts out all fear. At some important times in my life, I've needed to recognize and pay attention to what my fears are. Recognizing my fear and tracing where it comes from has helped me to make decisions based not on fear, but based on the love of God instead. John chapter 15, verse 9 from the Last Supper has also been very important. As the Father loves me, so I love you. Remain in my love. And often I've prayed with that verse when I needed to return to God's love. And that verse helps keep me connected to him. Last week, Father Kevin introduced the, another section of Bishop Rickon's pastoral letter on the Eucharist the section where Bishop gives us five alive practices. He names them as Mass, Lexio Divina, Eucharistic Adoration, Confession, and the Rosary. And today's practice is praying with Scripture, Lexio Divina. We might ask what that has to do with Mass, but it has a lot to do with Mass. At times, we feel like we don't get much out of Mass. But the answer to that is to prepare for Mass. We prepare for important things in our lives. Why wouldn't we prepare for Mass where we encounter God? One of the best ways to prepare for Mass is to pray with the scripture readings before we come here so that we're not hearing them for the first time during Mass itself. Because if we don't prepare ahead of time, it's very easy to get through the readings and all of a sudden we're like, what, what was that? And we don't remember what we've heard. And it happens to all of us often. Lexio Divina is praying with Scripture. 
Lexio Divina is Latin for divine or holy reading. It's a way of praying with scripture by listening to God. And there's different ways of describing it, but they all have four steps. The first involves reading a short passage of scripture, not a chapter or two, but just reading a short passage and reading it several times and paying attention to any words or phrases that capture our attention. And then we zero in on that one verse or one phrase or one word that is speaking to us and we meditate on just those few words. After meditating, we talk to God about that. We pray about it. And the last part after we pray is simply to remain or to rest in that place, to not say anything, even in our mind, but to just listen and let God speak to us. Because sometimes that's when the Holy Spirit will be speaking and we need to be listening, not talking, to hear the Holy Spirit. We can pray with Scripture in that way at any time. If we pray that way with the gospel for the coming Sunday, it really makes a difference. Half of Mass is focused on the Word of God. God uses the Scriptures to speak powerfully to us. We need to take the time to stop and to listen to be able to hear that message. If we prayed that way with today's Gospel reading, perhaps we would have imagined being there on the mountain and seeing the glory of God come over Jesus. What would that have been like? What would that tell us about Jesus? Or maybe we would have prayed about being chosen by Jesus as one of the three to go up for this special experience. What does Jesus want to show me? Or perhaps we might pray with the part where they opened their eyes and saw no one else but Jesus alone. What would it be like if we truly were able to focus first and foremost on Jesus alone? Jesus so much wants to speak to us be close to us, to lead us, to guide us. He does that in a powerful way through his word at the Mass. We are so privileged to be here. He speaks to us in his word. He feeds us in his sacrament. He desires for us to encounter him. We simply need to prepare our minds and hearts to come and to expect and be ready for Jesus to speak.